Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. So grateful that you're able to be here with us, um, whether you're a part of our church or whether you're a part of the community. Just want to say thank you for coming. It's, and, and it's, it's great to see you. I can't see all of you, um, but it's uh, great to be with you. And I'm grateful that we're able to have this opportunity to really to open God's word and to remind ourselves what Christmas truly is all about. I know that you have traditions that you normally do in your family. Your tradition might be that you go to Waffle House on Christmas Eve. And if you do that, God bless you. Amen. Your tradition might be that some of you will open presents on Christmas Eve and not Christmas Day or, or whatever the case might be from family members. You all have traditions. We all have traditions. One of the traditions that my family has is that we like to go walking in the woods, find a creek, and jump the creek. We like to find one. We like to jump one. There is a long creek in this place called Ferguson, North Carolina, where my family has vacationed a couple of times. On several occasions, what we will do is we will oftentimes, many of us will be on one side of the creek, and then some of us will be on the other side of the creek and we'll ask that person to jump to the other side. This particular time that we were there on vacation, my wife, Dana, was on one side of the creek and the rest of us were on the other side of the creek. And we tried to get her to come to the other side. It did not work. It was a running start and then would stop right before she would take the plunge and jump. And she made the statement and said, I just can't do it. And as I tried to demonstrate love to my kids and I went down into the creek, across the creek, and I got my wife's hand and I brought her to the other side of the creek. Because that's what we do, right men? Right. Help our wives get from the other side of the creek. Let me just explain something to you with that illustration. There is one story in the Bible. There's not two stories. There's not five stories. There's not 5,000 stories. There is simply one story. And that one story is how God in heaven came down as Jesus to get us from one side of the creek, if you will, to the other side, because we can't get there on our own. It's impossible for that to take place. And so in essence, what I want you to hear and what I want you to see, and I want you to be reminded of, maybe for the hundredth time you've heard this, or maybe even for the first time, that I want to remind you of the one story that is all wrapped up in scripture, and that is the great rescue of God and what God did when he saw that we had a problem that we could not fix ourselves, the problem being sin. And what I want to do is the, the verses that Teresa just read to close out um, that section of our reading, I want to focus on three verses of John 1 verses 14 through 18, I want to focus on 14, 16, and 17. And I really want to point out three things for you and us this Christmas that we can celebrate together. The very first thing that I want you to see is found in verse 14. 
And I want you to see and I want you to recognize that Jesus came to us. We did not come to him. Jesus came to us. All of the religions of the world will tell you that you must do this in order to get to God. And God has saying to you and to me, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this by coming into the world as a baby, swaddled in clothes, in an inn, in a stable, because there's no room in the inn. Came in as a baby and went out as a victorious savior. And, and what I want us to see really clearly in verse 16, verse 14, is that Jesus came to us. Romans 3.23 says that there's a huge problem, and that problem is sin, and there's nothing you nor I can do about that. It is a problem. It is a big problem. There's a giant chasm. And so, but God, we like to use that term when we look in the scriptures, when we see a big problem, we love to see a big God who has a big solution, and it's a perfect solution. And that solution is, is that God came to us. And that's what we celebrate in Jesus. Now listen, the verse in verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I literally cannot, I could not wait to tell you what the word dwelt meant in the original language of Greek. When I was in seminary, they told you never to use the Greek language in a message. But I could not help but tell you that the word dwelt means that God came and set up a, wait for it, a tent among his people. Did you get that? It truly means that God came to set up a tent. He came to dwell with us. It wasn't a temporary tent like you might use with camping. It was a permanent rest. He came to, to, to defeat sin, death, and Satan so that you and I could do what? Get to the other side. How do we get there? Because Jesus came to us. God came to us through Jesus. Second thing that I want you to see that this text is really full of. It says Jesus is, Jesus is full of grace and truth. I want you to look in 14 with me one more time. If you'll let me read that to you. So, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father. Here it is, full of grace and truth. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus. And so the word grace is defined as getting something that we do not deserve. Getting something that we do not deserve. He is the only one that can take away our sins. He's the only one that can make things right. He's the only one that can do that. And in his grace, he gives us another chance. Because grace it's recognizing that, yes, we've messed up, but God says, I'm full of grace, so I'm full of giving you another chance. So if you're here and you said, hey, I've blown it, Matt. You have no idea what I've done. No, I don't know all that you've done, but I do read the scriptures, and I see all that he has done. And no matter what you have done or what we have done, what he has done overshadows that 
that, that, that sin that is ensnared us and, and entangled us. It, the Bible says that he is full of grace. You know what I like to do? I like to go play golf occasionally. I'm terrible. Really bad. And on occasion, I will go up to a hole where water is involved. I will then take this really nice golf ball, put it in my bag, and get out a really bad golf ball because I am very convinced that I'm going to hit it in the water. And sometimes when I go play golf with my friend Paul Rim, I will be out there, and I'll get up there, and I'll swing, and sure enough, it skips into the water. And Paul looks at me, and he says, Matt, to take a mulligan. In golfing terms, what that means is that just take a free shot. Just, you've got another chance. Just get another ball and put it down there, and don't worry about what's happened in the past. Go, go hit that again. And here's what we see in the text, is that the text says that it's grace upon grace. Verse 17, it says grace upon grace. And I don't want you to miss this Christmas or any other day of our lives to recognize and see that Jesus is full of grace. He's not only full of grace, he is full of truth. And the God of the universe knows that we need something to build our lives on. And so in scripture, we find out in John 14, 6, that he says, I'm the way and I am the truth and I'm the life. What he's basically saying is, of all of the things that are being said in the world, I want you to know that you can depend on me, you can depend on what, I'm, what I said I would do, that I would do. I can forgive your sins. I can give you another chance. I can get you, listen, from one side of the creek to the other side of the creek. I can come and get you. That's what he did. So, so what does it say? Jesus came for us. And then it also says Jesus is full of grace and truth. I want to read you a quote right now. This Christmas, Jesus wants to give you personally a foundation of truth and really stand on so you won't cave in under stress. Are you stressed? Nope. <laughs> this Christmas, he wants to treat you with grace, to forgive all your sins, all of them, to take away all your guilt, to make, you, your, to make your conscience clean, to help you with your problems, to give you strength for each day, and to fill you with hope and joy and peace. This is the meaning of grace, and that is why he came to dwell with us, to give us that grace. That is King Jesus. And that's why he is king. That's who he is. So Jesus wants you and I to, to, to get that grace. Now, now what, are, what, are the, what are the things that we want to see right now? What, what are the things that we need to take a look at as we continue to go forward? Here's the third thing that I want you to see. Not only does Jesus, Jesus demonstrate grace, not only does he give grace, as I've said, but Jesus wants you and I to receive the grace. I beg you and I plead with you today, please don't leave this place around, this, around all that's going on right now today. Don't leave without understanding. Have you received? the grace that is available to you. Every child, every 
person, every grown-up, every person in this room is probably going to be given a gift in two days from now. Probably going to be given a gift. And the gift is never ours when it is given to us. The gift is only ours when we accept it or when we receive it. Here's what verse 16 says. I want to read to you verse 16. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. It's not simply that he just wants to demonstrate that grace. It's not simply that he wants to offer that grace. It is plain and simple. The heart of God is that we would receive the grace that has been offered to us. And here's, here's, here's one thing I want to share with you as we close our time down here in just a minute before we light some candles for us. What, what I, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking and I was telling you a story about having a flat tire. And I, I want to, um, I want to expand on, on, on that situation and what happened to me to really just to drive our message home uh, tonight. So a couple of weeks ago, I had a flat tire on Interstate 40, and it was at the Coldwater Bridge and Interstate 40 outside of Connolly Springs, North Carolina, which is Morganton area. Um, it was a really bad curve on Interstate 40. And I was in the outside lane. My tire went flat. I had to get over. I got off on the shoulder of the road. The shoulder was really, really small. I got over on the shoulder of the road. My tire was not flat, it was completely flat. I mean, there was a hole like this big in my tire and it was flat. I was on the really, really narrow um, part of the road and I realized, okay, this, this is a pretty dangerous situation. So I called the Star HP Highway Patrol and I, I called them and I told them and I told the operator and I said, listen, I need you to know something that I am stuck on the side of the road and I'm in a really dangerous place. I'm trying to get my tire changed, but I just think it would be wise if a cop would come or a state trooper would come and just kind of slow people down as I'm trying to get the tire changed. And sure enough, this cop came out of nowhere, lights blazing, pulls up behind me. He's sitting behind me. I mean, the lights were just flashing. It was getting ready. The sun was setting. It was around uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, man, I need to get this tire changed and get off this road. And this cop came up. The car was lit up. You could see it for miles. And he was parked right behind me. And he comes up to me and he says this. He says, wow. He said, when I heard that you were at the Cold Water Street Bridge. I jumped in my car and it came as fast as I could because we, in my profession, call this place the Bermuda Triangle because we lose so many people here to accidents and deaths. I wanted to come and make sure that you were okay. I want to tell you something. As the sun began to set, and the lights of his car were just going. And how he came to help me. It made me realize that there's a God in heaven who has looked down on you and me. And sees that we're in a very difficult situation. Because we have sin. And a holy God cannot allow sin into heaven. And he must do something about it. And he did. 
And he did. He sent, as the video said through one of those children, he sent a rescuer. And he is good. And he is able to rescue anyone and everyone from whatever we have done. And here's what he asks. I just want you to receive the grace upon grace that I give you. I'm full of grace. And I want to give you that. And he wants us to receive that. My challenge for you tonight is if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm asking you, I, I would beg you to just bow your head and ask him, Jesus, please save me from my sins. And I tell you this right now, he will do that. Because that's what he said he would do. And what I want us to do during this last two songs that we're going to sing, what we're going to do is we're going to get our candles ready. We're going to declare that Jesus is the light of the world and in him there is no darkness. I want you to recognize that Jesus came for us, that Jesus is full of grace and truth, and Jesus' desire is for you and for me to receive that grace and that truth, to receive that rescuer. And as we sing this song, my prayer is that your relationship with Jesus would be encouraged. And if you don't have one, that you would enter in one by receiving him right now. So our band is going to come. I'm going to invite them to go ahead and make their way to the stage. What I'm going to do is what we're going to do is we are going to turn out all of the lights in just a second. Here that all the lights that are on, we will then, we will then turn our lights on. So why don't we go ahead and let's start that right now as the band gets ready and let's go ahead and light to celebrate that King Jesus is the light of the world and in him there is no darkness. I'm going to pray for us, and you go ahead and continue to light and help your neighbor get their candle lit. And we're going to go, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then the band is going to lead us. Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to praise your holy name, to talk about you, to sing about you, and to praise you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you are. We declare that you and you alone, no one else, we are not the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And in you, there is no darkness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.